The text that we're going to look at today comes to us from John chapter 12. So pull out your Bibles. If you got them, you can make some notes in them this morning. Uh, you could also uh, just follow along with us on the screen. But I'm going to pick up John chapter 12 at verse 12 as we look at Palm Sunday and the event immediately following. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion, see your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised from the dead continued to spread the word, and many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. And the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with the request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. And Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who, loses their, who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. And now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. And the crowd that was there heard it and said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. And the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. A few days ago, I think it was Thursday, but it might have been Wednesday now that I'm thinking about it in this moment. I'm sitting on the couch and I'm doing that thing where you're on your phone and you have about two, maybe three apps open. You look at them, you switch back to the other one, then you're done, you swipe up, you wait a minute, you open them up again to see what's changed. My baby's asleep on my wife's lap in her chair, but my older daughter is laying down in her bed reading in her room. She calls out, Dad, there's some weird noise coming from our garage. So I slowly put down my phone and I tilt my head to use my hearing honing in ability. Do you guys have this? It's like a little slight tilt and you lean. Anyways, I, I hear nothing. So I yell, it's probably Soka. That's our outside cat. She's doing great, by the way. And I say, uh, you know, stop bothering me. One minute later, no, dad, it's not. There's something in there. So I go into her room, look out the window, do the thing again. And this time I hear it. And that's when I get excited because this has the makings of a really big moment. See, we live on an alleyway, and there are cats that roam the alleyway. We call them alley cats. Now, recently, we switched to dry food for Soka's health, and I've noticed that some of the alley cats have been coming by every once in a while for a little snack, and I have had my eye on a particularly large black cat that I am pretty sure I can convince to give up its wandering ways and lay down some roots at 608. So I do what you do when you set out to catch a creature of the wild. I grab the big uh, beach towel that we have. 
It's in the bathroom. I grab it. Now, I know what you're thinking, friends. You're catching an animal. You need a net. But this ain't Animal Crossing, baby, and this ain't no butterfly. This is a wild cat. So I got it, and I'm going outside. Now, you're wondering, hold up. Take a step back. Beach towel, where are we at here? You go to the beach, like today, beautiful day. You lay down in the sand. You lay the towel over you. Couple of Cheetos. Seagull lands. Boom. That's why a wild creature catches it. Now, anyways, I'm going out to the garage. I got my towel. I'm secretly going out silently like a ninja. Do you know what that sounds like, sir? No, you don't. Don't shake your head yes. Nobody knows what a ninja sounds like. If we did, we wouldn't be here. We can only guess based on the documentaries like Daredevil and Iron Fist. Anyway, I get to the door of the garage. I quietly take a step in, close it behind me because nobody's getting out of here without you know, me catching them. And there in the corner, I, well, first I notice there's like coats all over the floor. My laundry's been tossed. I don't know what's going on. You know, anyways, I look and there it is. The biggest, bushiest cat I have ever seen. And it slowly turns its head towards me. Friends, this was no cat. This was nature's bandit, the raccoon. And he sees me. And I see him. And he does one of these. Like looks me up and down like bust a move, bro. And I'm just sitting there with my towel. And he turns his body, gets up on his hind legs. He must have been at least two and a half feet tall now. No shoes. He pulls up one hand, like a little paw, and does that Wolverine X-Men, the original, where it just slowly comes out looking at me. Time stops. A tumbleweed blows across the scattered laundry. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this Sunday really Palm Sunday? Because that means Easter is only like a week away. See, it was the Clark Kent style from Smallville Season 1 jean jacket with the winter coat top, the little wool part, that got me thinking about Palm Sunday. And if you looked at your text today, you would notice that the people here are waving palm branches. You're like, where's the coats, John? Well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about the coats. That's how I got there. See, the people are giving Jesus the royal welcome. And here's 12 and 13. They're, rolling, they're, uh, they're waving palm branches because during the Maccabean revolt, that's what they waved in celebration of the victory over the Gentile oppressors. See, palm branches were a symbol of Jewish nationalism and liberation. And the people wanted Jesus to liberate them from the Roman occupation, hence the palm branches. They were shouting Hosanna, which means save us, please, and comes from that part in Psalm 118, verses 25 to 27, where the people of God are praising him for saving them. And there's this beautiful scene described by the psalmist where everybody is in this celebratory procession going up to the temples, and they're waving these leafy branches. See, they know Jesus is going to come save them from occupation. And that's why they call him the King of Israel, because Scripture applies this title to both God and Israel's earthly kings. And the crowd is using this title because they want Jesus to be their warrior king. They see him as God's instrument of salvation to get rid of those pesky Romans. And make no mistake, when Jesus is on that donkey in verse 14 here, he is prophetically enacting the scenario that Kelly read for us at the beginning of the service from Zechariah 9. Jesus identifies himself as this Messiah King, the one who will bring peace and reconciliation. See, the crowd is right to hail Jesus as King, but his kingship is not exactly what they think it's going to be. Jesus doesn't come in riding on a war, house, war horse as some conquering warrior king. He comes as the king who will lay down his life for his people and is riding atop a lowly donkey. Jesus hasn't come to defeat the Romans and win political freedom, but to defeat Satan 
the so-called ruler of this world, and win freedom from the more serious slavery, which is sin. Jesus has come to proclaim peace to the nations, a peace that comes not through military conquest, but through his death on the cross and resurrection and made available to everyone through faith. John tells us that the people, they don't get it at this time. They're going to get it later. And that might surprise us, but it's still happening today. When we're in the moment, when everything's going down, when we're struggling, when we've been praying, when we've been seeking, doesn't it seem like sometimes Jesus isn't acting the way we want him to? Jesus isn't doing the things we think he should be doing right now in our timeline, in our moment. And so our step in discipleship today and in our journey of following him, be instead of trying to get Jesus to, to conform to our expectations, we need to ask ourselves, how can we open our mind to his thoughts and extend ourselves to his ways? Because every day, We have big moments and little moments and the moments in between. And in all of them, we have choices to make. We have directions that we could go. It's not always black and white. It's not always good or bad or hard or easy. But the key is in that moment, whether it's big or small, to choose from the core, to start our thinking and our acting, not as a response to what's happening around us, but to who we are or rather really whose we are. Turn from one and go to another. Let me explain. See, when the Greeks show up, Jesus says the hour has come. When the Greeks come, it's a sign that Jesus, who has been speaking of this mission to unite all his sheep, including the ones that don't belong to the Jewish fold, to bring them all under one shepherd as one flock, it's happening. Jesus said in our text that he will not die not only for the nation of Israel, but to gather all the dispersed children of God. His work has this universal scope, not just one nation. And the Greeks coming and wanting to see Jesus illustrates that the beginning of the gathering of all people to God, which happens in the death of of Jesus on the cross, is now possible and is coming soon. Because he himself is the grain of wheat which will die on the cross, and his death will produce many seeds or fruit or eternal life for all who believe. So he encourages us and says, anyone who loves their life will lose it. That's right, I said encourages us. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. And my father will honor the one who serves me. This is not some call to hate yourself. This is not to choose to live in poverty or to choose pain and suffering. This is the call, friends, to detach from sin and the things of this world that lead us away from God, cause us to rebel against God. This is an encouragement and a call to turn away from this inward thinking, this inward acting, this self-first, and to turn to the way of the cross the way of self-sacrificial love. Little ways, big ways, and every way in between. This is an invitation to die to self-centeredness and all that it entails. And instead to pick up the cross, the way of the cross, and embrace discipleship. It's a reminder that in the moment, turn to where he is.
Jesus says, my soul is troubled in the moment. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Glorify your name. And a voice comes and says, I have glorified it. I'll glorify it again. The crowd's like, was it thunder? Was it an angel? Jesus says, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. For now is the time for judgment on this world. The prince of this world driven out. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Now, there are a lot of favorite moments I have of Jesus. This is top three for sure. First two being resurrection and death. If you didn't say that, we need to check priorities. Now, here's why I love this part of Jesus. This is a pivotal moment. Jesus can turn from the path he has been taken, that path that is solely straight to the cross. He can pivot and go another way. He could become the king they want. He could choose not to die. He could choose to lay the smack down on the Romans, lay the smack down on the Pharisees. He could choose literally anything, Chris Traeger. His soul is troubled because the choice is die or anything else. He's at the choosing time, the hour of get on with it and go to the cross or pivot, do something else. But here's something we learn in that pivotal moment. Jesus chooses in that moment, not himself, but chooses us. He chooses us. The hour, the reason he came was for us. He will be lifted up to draw us to him. He will choose death to give life. He will choose to take our sin and our guilt and give mercy and strength. In the moment, he chose from the core of who he was, the all-loving, all-merciful Messiah and Redeemer who has come for the lost. In the moment, he chose us. And thanks be to God that he did. Because we often struggle in the moment and in our choices because of the problem with our thinking. For too long, we have bought into the fallacy of making individualism the organizing principle of our life. To make individualism the organizing principle for our society that we live in. We as humans prefer to put ourselves in the center of our moments, ourselves as the center of our lives, going as far as shaping this world around ourselves. But Christ enters in to save us from ourselves, to save us from the, the sin that we choose, and to redeem the moments of our lives and to guide us by His Spirit in the big moments and the little moments and to help us pivot and turn from the mess we're in, the mess of self-centeredness, and turn to Him. We spend so many hours hiding in our minds, checking out on our phones, (laughs) trying to make it better than we got it, thinking that we can improve these moments if we just find the life that we want, the life we ought to have. And the second we give up that thinking, when we start choosing from who we are in Christ, who we are at the core, we experience the peace that passes all understanding, the promise of the real abundant life given to us in the now and in what's to come. We live it in the earth and in the eternity coming that we were singing about. And that way is not easy. The way of the cross is hard. Because it always chooses others over self. It chooses to turn and to trust in the one that we cannot yet see instead of what is happening around us. But I promise you, that is the only way 
to get through the struggles, to get through the hard times, to get through the pain. By turning to Him and allowing others in the faith to come around us, to help us and surround us and admit that we can't do this on our own, but we need help. And no matter how deep your sin runs, no matter how dark your days look, every moment we can stop, we can pivot, and we can turn to God who on the cross gave his life to define us, who in our baptism puts his name on us to define us, who in the bread and wine gives it to us to define us, who in the love and righteousness that he won says, now this defines you and nothing else. This will be who you are. There is a reason he says, it is finished on the cross. For that is, who is, that is what is at the core of who we are. His work, His name, His mercy, His grace. Him and Him alone. That's why we gather week in, week out. That's why we cling to His word. It's why we go to Him in prayer. It's because He turns His face to us, hears and promises to be with us. Yeah, in this text, there is no doubt that Jesus is showing us who our God is. That's why the voice is for our benefit. He knows and wants us to know it as well. God is for you. He is the light of the world that stepped down into the darkness that is our lives. Pulls us out, hands pierced, and says, you belong to me for there is no limit to what he would do for you. And by his grace and by his spirit, in every moment, we can pivot and turn to the way of the cross to embrace the way of self-sacrificial love and to die to our self-centeredness. No matter the moment, our Savior comes and chooses us. And as I finish up, I want to bring the band back up. But I will remind you that for at least 10 seconds, maybe an hour had passed and the raccoon and I are just staring eye to eye. It's like a uh, Sergio Leone style. Camera zooming in on his eyes, my eyes, his eyes, my eyes, his eyes, my eyes. Why aren't you whistling the tune? That's okay, we'll get it next time. Anyways, I'm this lone man holding the blanket. Nature's bandit's got the claws out. When in slow motion, the garage door starts to open. And my daughter says, Dad, did you catch it yet? Her blood-curling scream breaks the stare down that we're in. And I hear a voice that is not like thunder, but is rather a little nasalier. It's Ross Gellers. And he's shouting in my ear, pivot, pivot. And so as my daughter turns to run and the raccoon charges, I pivot, drop the blanket, stand very still just like this. He goes right out the room. I walk over, pick up the really nice coat that I like, throw it in the laundry basket, grab myself a Topo Chico from the fridge, and I go back into the house. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, there is no doubt that you choose us. And whether the moment is facing down something crazy and scary, there you are. Whether the moment is choosing to do the right thing when no one is looking, there you are, giving us exactly what we need. Because on the cross, you did not stop until it was finished. You took away everything that would hold us back. So fill us with your spirit, Lord Jesus. Draw us near to you. Create in us clean hearts. Renew our spirits. For we belong to you and to you alone. We pray this in the name of Jesus.
Amen. And one last thing, raccoon, if you're looking in somebody's window right now watching this service, I have switched to wet food, so don't bother coming back. <laughs> will, you, uh, 